Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DeathRollBrots.com comic book podcast. I'm your host. I have a fan on the background. If you don't like it, suck my nut sweat. <laughs> Join me today. We have Birdie. Now with animation. And Nico. I also have a fan on, so fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking hot and humid as hell. Also. So to translate that, anyone who's mad at dead man should also fuck Nico? Or... <laughs> Yeah, just get in line. Not, 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 not hate fuck. <laughs> Please. No, it, it, needs to be, it needs to be a loving fuck. Yeah, only I, love but no I kissing on the mouth. <laughs> Saving that for marriage. Yeah, yeah. Come on now. <laughs> not some trolling. Anyway. Hi. Hey. Comic books. Yes. We're going to talk about them. We read yeah. those, right? And Dead Man and I are more awake than last time. Yes. <laughs> which they which they won't get that joke because you didn't put that up. Uh, Sorry, it wasn't a show you, last time. Uh, Birdie and I were on like fucking seven pills of Ambien each, and we just kind of decided that it would be it would be better if we didn't post post that because it was an hour and a half show of us just yeah, in front of the lost files. <laughs> but now I'm on that paid employment high, so Word. Okay, let's do this. Maybe you should make a, uh, a a tier for the Patreon, by the way, everybody, where we release the lost episodes <laughs> to, to the exclusively. What do you mean uh, release? They've all been deleted. <laughs> you need to start keeping them. And magically <laughs> undelete the deleted files, then it's like, hey guys, pay Patreon. us, and you'll hear this shit we don't think is good enough to post. <laughs> That's a good tier, I think. <laughs> no. No, it is not. Fine. Uh, anyway, we're here. How about comic stuff? I don't know. Nico, why don't you start us off? Sure. Uh, okay, so... Uh, Doctor Strange recently ended... It's run on issue 390. Thanks, Marvel Legacy, for that. Because, <laughs> you know, I've, I've read 390 issues of Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, this is the Doctor Strange run that uh, Donny Cates actually followed up on Jason Aaron's run, which I really enjoyed. And um, I know I've been talking uh, probably about Donny Cates kind of like I used to talk about Tom King a lot when I first got introduced to his work lately. Uh, I pretty much, I, I was late to the party on his stuff. I've kind of been reading everything he's been putting out lately, even the stuff from the, uh, from the non, uh, non-Marvel stuff he's been putting out. <clears throat> All pretty good. I like his voice. I like the stuff he's been writing. Um, I thought it was a fresh new take on the character, and usually uh it's hard to follow somebody like uh, jason aaron on a series especially on the doctor strange book yeah uh for a character that you know i i guess most people even without the movie would say is like maybe like a b-list character at this point c-list at before probably even i would say uh but he's kind of you know he's 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 important i think in the grand scale of things with the marvel universe and kind of he's he's one of those characters that's always kind of there and pops up in different books and Avengers things or when something supernatural happens or or like in this issue, the last issue of the series 390 when Spider-Man drops by the Sanctum Sanctorum. So um, the issue, uh, this is one of those issues that 
it's like, hey, listen, we're wrapping the series up. Let's just have fun for this last issue. And I love writing writers do that. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, I've said all I had to say on this title. Uh, they just recently wrapped up this damnation kind of crossover thing, the event they did. Uh, Donnie Cates is writing the Doctor Strange title, and then they were also, him and Nick Spencer were co-writing this damnation actual event book for five issues. That was basically, it was one of these kind of the stories from Mephisto he, he 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 you know he came back and he took over Las Vegas because you know of all the sins it, it is very you know all the marriages he could break <laughs> yeah. yeah so yo give me your fucking babies it's something that's been done definitely before you know it's like you know uh so it's not it wasn't that original in that sense, but I thought that they did a decent job with it. I actually enjoyed the main title issues of Doctor Strange more so than the event, but they kind of the way they bounced back and forth during the event between both titles concurrently, I thought was really well done. And uh, and for what it's worth, I think Donnie Cates's shorter run on Doctor Strange I've actually enjoyed more than uh, Jason Aaron's. I think in the end, uh, when it's all said and done. I enjoyed uh, Jason Aaron's stuff, but uh, Donny Cates is just—he started off with Loki becoming the um, Sorcerer Supreme at the start of his run for a short period of time. Yeah, that um, was weird. It was, um, but it was an interesting like idea. I thought that we haven't actually seen been done with Loki as far, at least to my knowledge, um, and the way he wrote Loki, I thought was really good because like. You kind of sympathized for it, uh, some of the things that he kind of was going through and how like he felt like people thought about him. But then, but then basically at the end of everything, what do you people just think I'm a villain. Yeah, I mean it's not but, like I've literally stabbed my mother in the back recently. <laughs> well, that's the thing though, and he's Loki, and he really kind of played that right with that character because at the end of everything, Doctor Strange became the Sorcerer Supreme once again after he was fucking event at one point like, yeah i was, was gonna say like like i remember reading a bit where like dr strange showed up and he yeah. just had on like fucking big ass glasses and was working at a veterinarian clinic yeah it, him and uh his his dog that he talked to him because he had the power of the, be able like a dr Doolittle and talk to the animals uh and then his dog became his ghost dog companion because he ended up dying because of what happened with some of the things that uh, came their way uh, thanks to Doctor Stephen Strange, veterinarian mediocre. <laughs> I just thought it was a really funny idea, and uh, and the way it ended was Loki. Pretty much is Loki. He's always going to be Loki. <laughs> I mean, he after everything was said and done. Twist. Yeah, yeah he's I always going to be Loki that. until it is more marketable to have him be likable. <laughs> you know, because at the end, Doctor Strange became the Sorcerer Supreme again. Uh, Zelma left him because she was kind of stuck in the love triangle between him trying to get her back because she thought she had a thing for Loki, which they kind of did for a moment there. And, and Loki just turned out to be a lying piece of shit, trying to pull a scam on everybody like usual. <laughs> so it's everything kind of went back into place. Uh, they, then the damnation event started. And then this final issue where, yes, everything um, returned to the status quo where it's all boring. <laughs> Uh, Zelma shows back up after the damnation event after she's left Steven uh, and she knocks on the door and all of a sudden uh, she sees Spider-Man pop his head out of the window above uh, 177 Bleecker Street and uh, and then he's like hey I'm Spider-Man she's like I know it doesn't really answer my question where's Steven <laughs> and then he's like oh well I don't know I'm supposed to be house sitting but he's like uh, 
listen, uh, I just can't tell you, uh, citizen. <laughs> like, he's just like, I'm Spider Man. Citizen, the Sorcerer yeah. Supreme <laughs> isn't another castle. Yeah. And then she kind of just like, Supreme is not available to take your call. Please leave a message after the beep. <laughs> and then, you know, push comes to shove, and she's kind of just like, I'm not leaving. So he goes and opens the door and lets her in, and then they basically go looking for Steven. Uh, they end up finding him closing down the, the the vet clinic because it's, as he stated, highly illegal. <laughs> like, that he wasn't actually, you know, licensed to be a vet. <laughs> and he's sitting there speaking That's to his... That's not uh, important, is it? Yeah. He's sitting there uh, speaking to his ghost dog. And, uh, Wait, and all of a sudden... No. <laughs> I forgot the, the ghost dog's name, but anyways... Uh, he comes walking in with them, and uh, and, and Spider Man shows up with Zelma, and these two characters—it's just the funniest fucking issue—are just infatuated with each other. The ghost is like, "Oh my god, is that Spider Man?" Doctor Strange is like, "Yes, you've met many of my superhero fan, uh, friends." He's like, I, "I'm a superhero." He's like, "No, but this is Spider Man." <laughs> like, <and then>, <laughs> this is a real hero. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then Spider's like, Spider Man's the most remarkable like, <laughs> Marvel hero. <laughs> And then, and then the ghost dog was like, he's like, uh, sorry, no, Spider-Man's like, oh my god, is that a ghost dog? Yeah. <laughs> and just like, they both are just like staring at each other. <laughs> and then uh, basically in a roundabout way, what ends up happening is Spider-Man uh, ends up asking uh, Doctor Strange, uh, hey, uh, listen there, buddy, I heard you're able to talk to animals these days. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh. He's like, you want me to get you to talk to a spider, don't you? And then he has the stupidest fucking look on his face. He's like, yes. <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden, it cuts to a, a two-page spread of it's, a, and it's like in a cartoony style. All of a sudden, where it's like Peter talks to a spider, drawn by Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> And then you see Peter like talking to like a fucking spider and they're walking across the beach and throwing rocks, skipping rocks. <laughs> and they're having like a nice scroll and talking about life. And then basically at the end of the conversation, uh, he gets all depressed and the spider turns to him and he's like, Pete, everything dies. Because <laughs> he's like, you have our genes and our abilities, right? It was said to reason that you would inherit our life cycle as well. Spiders only live a little over a year in ideal conditions. You seem to be well into your adult life cycle. So yeah, your death is almost surely imminent. <laughs> and then it just ends with like Spider-Man just like looking down at the ground, like all depressed. He's like, well, that was a bad idea. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just thought it was a really, really unexpected, funny issue with Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. And um, the the part I really enjoyed at the end is after that happened, Spider-Man brought Selma to Doctor Strange and he fucked off. Zelma and him had a uh, a serious conversation about where they left their relationship and basically Doctor Strange and her came to the terms for once in comics, which is strange because, you know, Doctor Strange with his old apprentice Clea was a piece of shit at the, like, plenty of times to her uh, that they just weren't right for each other. They both agreed that like, listen, uh, you know, this isn't, we met each other both at a really bad time in our lives. And uh, we'd I'd like to help uh, make this work, but uh, it's not going to. And then they basically just went their separate ways. So huh. yeah, which is something I don't think we really see that much in comics, uh, like an actual real life conversation between two characters. And then they, they basically just kind of came to terms with, 
Like, you know, we've, we've been through some shit together. Um, but yeah, this isn't probably not for the best. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, yeah we've and, been seeing that, that more and more lately. Mm-hmm. I like that though. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit more, we definitely have been seeing more relationship stuff in comics. Like, you know, we talk about, uh, the Batman whole Catwoman thing going on and, uh, yeah, and how and, that know, will so- eventually end in horrible disaster or divorce <clears> or death. <throat> Right, you know, Superman with a marriage and a kid, just like it's, it, you that know, kid's gonna I, I, die. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it, it kind of ended on a somber note in that sense, but it, I thought it was just really well written. Uh, but then after she kind of walked off from him in the park, he kind of looks up into the sky and he kind of has a, sm- a smirk on his face, like a smile, just like you know, things are gonna be okay, and he kind of goes back home and he. He, you know, he's, he washes up in the washroom. He walks out. He's walking past all of his cloaks, past his ghost dog, gets in the bed and has a smile on his face as he goes to sleep. And that's just the end of the issue. Yeah, it's I like, just, yeah I, my girl left me, but eh, she's just the latest in a long string of women. Also, I'm magic. Fuck all of you. <laughs> and that's uh, that concludes Donnie Kate's run on Doctor Strange. And the next writer to do the relaunch of Doctor Strange, it looks like, is Mark Wade, And he's bringing him into space. <laughs> Oh, joy. Yeah, so I'm not, I mean, Mark Wade Ooh, is... Hooray for space, Wade. ...is a good enough writer. I just think that with Don Cates... Who's ready? We got something we hadn't really seen in kind of character moments where I wasn't expecting out of this book. And with Mark Wade, I think I would know what to expect a little bit more. So it's not as exciting, the announcement for me, that he's going to be taking the character into space and coming onto the book, but I, I I'm going to check it out. I like, I like Dr. Strange. I'll give it a shot. Um, but I'm not as excited as I was with either Jason Aaron or Donnie Cates probably on this book, but we'll see. It just, you know, it just seems very, it's been done before kind of like, it seems like every, every few years, Marvel decides to put their characters in space for some reason. Yeah. Like, just every <laughs> once in a while, it's like, Hey, Captain Marvel, guess what? You're going to space more. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like, or when Bendis fucking used the thing for some fucking reason on the Guardians. Yeah, that, yeah and so... Yeah. The Venom Space Knight. Right. Yeah, exactly, the dumbest fucking thing that was immediately undone. There you go, so that's basically what's happening now with uh, Mark Wade. Uh, I have not helps. read a single Venom-centric story outside of Gwenom since that fucking retcon happened. <clears throat> Did Has... you not read the new, the new Venom series? Oh, no. Well, no, it's not... I liked it. It's the... It... Yeah, but it's the old Venom series, right. basically. Cause yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not, not just it, it, like not just the fact that it's Eddie Brock. The fact that this is basically one of the mini series from the mid '90s, where he's they, they basically tried to turn Venom into an anti-hero version of the Doom Marine, where he's <laughs> constantly doing stuff like eat your brains, rip into your guts, rip into. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to talk about. Wasn't the one where he was a hero that lethal protector? Or? That's an anti-hero story still. Okay. He kills way too many people to be a hero in that story, and it's equally bad, particularly since they're using it for the new Sony Venom movie. Yeah, the bit, mm-hmm. the actual hero bit was uh, Agent Venom. I I honestly haven't read an actual Venom comic since Remender wrote the ca- character and he did the Flash Thompson yeah, series. Yeah, Agent Venom. Yeah, yeah he's, yeah, he's probably one I, of the best. I liked that a lot, and... But as I said, I've been kind of trying to follow everything Donnie Cates has been putting out lately because I've been digging his stuff. So I tried the first issue of that. I know we're not talking about Venom, but anyways, I thought it was decent, but it has a long way to go 
Postel before I actually say it's like a great series. But anyways, Doctor Strange. I really enjoyed it. Donny Cates is good. Alrighty then. Yeah. So speaking of endings, let's move on to the ending of Deadpool. Uh so the last five issues or so, five, six issues of the despicable Deadpool. I think I talked about this two issues ago, maybe. I think maybe. it was. Yeah. But yeah, he has been going around trying to get himself killed because he fell for evil Captain America telling him to kill Coulson. Mm-hmm. And literally everyone he meets outside of Hawkeye. Steve Rogers. Yeah, yeah Steve Rogers. <laughs> but literally everyone outside of the Hawkeyes are like, yeah, we need to take him the fuck out. Like the Hawkeye started out like that, but then he like beat the shit up with the toilet seat and stuff, and and they were like, "Oh no, wait, right, yeah, Deadpool is a shit bag, but he he doesn't deserve what we're doing to him." I love that Hawkeye moment. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then, yeah, Cap, uh, he resurrects Agent Preston. Uh, Ad Sit, who is out in space, comes back down to Earth with a big fucking gun. Out in space with the Nova Corps. <laughs> yeah, you know, like Ad Sit, the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. does. Yeah, so they, then they begin uh, just like a race back to going wherever Deadpool's going. Uh, Deadpool gets there first. Um, he gets, yeah, they're going to a clinic that used to be run by Dr. Butler, who was the guy who was one of the, he was a doctor who basically kept drugging uh, Cat America, Wolverine, and Deadpool, taking, like, cells or, like, tissue samples from them to do his own fucked up experiments. So he went there and said, like, hey, this drug, it fucking does, it erases, it erases your memory if I just, like, inject myself with 9,000 of them. Then guess what? I will just fucking mind wipe myself. Which he does. We then see, like, any internal, um internalization of it, of Deadpool going throughout his own mind, murdering every version and stray thought of himself. Including his own kid. Before the ghost of good person or whatever inside his head is like, hey, you're good. Fucking forgive me or whatever. And then Deadpool goes comatose for like six months, then wakes up, remembers what Deadpool is, is totally fine, and then goes out to go chimichangas. <clears throat> which I fucking hated. Yeah, I also felt the last issue was underwhelming. That's why I was, I was happy you picked this to talk about. Yeah, yeah like, I don't know. The, in, the entire story, like, I've, <clears throat> I've liked the development Deadpool has been getting. Yeah. Like, his relationship with Evan, his relationship with, uh, with Ellie, his daughter, uh, his relationship with Preston and the other Preston and stuff, and, like, the whole Preston clan, all that shit. I've been really digging that. It's been added, it added something else to his character that I really enjoyed. But then they just erased all of it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's because the guy's been writing at Jerry Duggan for like fucking like five fucking years. And he's like, listen, this is a character where you can't really change too much. You Like, what kind of ending are you going to write about this character for the next writer to write on? So he just kind of was just like, almost like sounded, seemed like he like phoned it. He's like, yeah, this is the ending. Chimichanga joke. Like, because it was kind of like. Like, and then the, the final arc being the fact that he wants to die, that's been done a million times. Yeah, it was the end of the previous arc. 
the the Daniel Way stuff, wasn't it? Like I yeah. remember I read some of it, and I didn't I didn't love the Daniel Way run, but that was a big storyline in that. I remember that dead arc or whatever it was called. Like it was yeah. about him trying to kill himself. Yeah. yeah. Also, for some reason, uh, he had the power to make people barf for like thirty seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, they actually mentioned this. Uh, Jerry Duggan just fucking. He starts ripping off the ending of Grant Morrison's Animal Man. That part I liked. <laughs> I yeah. like that. And then joke. Deadpool just shoots him in the smart. head and steals his car. Yeah, he he pulls up in a car. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and, he, and uh, yeah, that that was funny. I liked that. <laughs> yeah, this just feels like a very derivative Deadpool story that reduces everything that has been happening to just everything that's been happening to him to just fucking the same jokes we've seen infinity times over with Deadpool. Mm-hmm. It's just boring. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's just because he's kind of like, there's nothing I can definitely say to, to, to make, to change this character at the end. I got to get, put everything back where I, where I, where I came from. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Because everything that he did with, like you said, like the characters he established, like in this storyline, the relationships the character had was all great stuff. But then ultimately at the end, it seemed like it was pointless. Yeah. So. Also, who do you think the fucking white ghost is in Deadpool's head? White ghost? Yeah, like, at, at the end of it, like he is... Like yeah, he's getting all kinds of fucked up, and then this fucking like white lady just appears. <clears throat> I don't recall that page. I'm trying to. I don't have it in front of me. Well, so knowing Deadpool probably would have been Franklin's mini host. Yeah, because what that? Yeah, because that was the thing that was inside of his head from way back. Oh, and then remember there was that sorcerer guy that uh, with the big beard, like the Alan Moore beard. I yeah, his fucking name. Uh, Is Mike. it him? Because he died and then became. I uh, think part it of was that. not Michael. It was a woman. Oh, okay. Huh, I don't know that. Yeah, it was a woman uh, who just appears in just fucking glowing white light uh, as Deadpool is, like, getting all kinds of fucked up by, like, the memories of demons and shit. This fucking ghost just shows up and says, like, hey, fucking love yourself, bro. I forgive you. And then he fucking poops himself or whatever in the back of an ambulance. I don't know who that was. I I don't remember. I remember that they ended with like a like, like they the Jimmy Chong thing happened, and then they did a flashback of the or I guess like a yeah a future jumped, flash just like yeah, hey, the, you fucking the, let's yeah, go do stuff, the, dude. They did the Deadpool twenty ninety nine thing again. Yeah, with his two daughters and the digital ghost of Preston. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't love it. Yeah, neither did I. I. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing after this long of a run, but really disappointing. Like, because this Deadpool yeah. run was one of my this Deadpool run was one of my favorite runs. Of the character <clears throat> they added yeah. just fucking Jerry Duggan added just so much to the character, so that he kind of became more than just a joke. Yeah, for me, this was actually the first time I I actually read a whole run of Deadpool. I yeah, I read I, Daniel I, Way's run. I read some of his stuff and I didn't love it. And then I, and then my favorite, my favorite version of Deadpool that I read after Daniel way was the uncanny X-Force remender Deadpool. Oh yeah. He I was really, great too. I really loved him in that, in that team, but that wasn't just his book. Right. So no, but, but it, still yeah, like he was a part of that book and it was like, yeah. 
No, I know. And there were still like the, yeah, but I never killed a kid moments. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was a big part of it. Which and actually, and, and Duggan picked up on that and he brought it over into this, into this series. Yeah. Right? And but, fucking his relationship yeah. with Evan was one of my favorite parts of his character. Yeah. Now that's gone. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. I, I don't know. Hell, he fucking saved Evan's life. And then in the middle of it all, you're like, it's like, Dibble tried to kill me. Mm-hmm. Just every character in every character who's been outside of the Hawkeyes, like I said, every character has been shitting on Deadpool so hard mm-hmm. because he killed a shield agent who until like two years ago didn't exist. Like that's the thing. Everybody was fucking getting ready to murk him because he killed Coulson. That was the only reason. I think that's well, well, aren't they getting ready to do the same thing to War Machine Punisher? Uh, I not, do not know. Well, they're they're relaunching. I haven't read that, but they're relaunching that book. Like, supposedly during the events of whatever the fuck Hail Hydra event was, uh, uh, Secret Empire. Pun, pun, yeah, Punisher was killing people for Hydra Cap, and now a bunch of superheroes have decided to just murk him. He's wearing War Machine's armor. <laughs> I mean, I mean the fact that that also led to the conclusion of this series as well, and what you just said. Like, we're still feeling the after effect of that shitty event. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like... even dumber for me because everyone's just kind of forgotten Civil War Two, right? And and it was like, oh no, Carol didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, it's like, hey, 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 like, let's forget about Car- let's forget about why you hate Carol. Look, Stephen is evil. <laughs> It, you know, it's funny you brought that up uh, <laughs> quickly. Uh, as there was a customer at, at the shop I work at part time with uh, comics, and uh, she, uh, the guy, walked up with a trade paperback of Captain Marvel, and it was the Civil War II tie-in trade. <laughs> and he's like, and 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 his question to me was, "Is this a good place to start with this character?" Well, he was he's new to the character, and I'm like, "God, no! Like, put that down." And I was right like, now. "Oh, oh, honey." <laughs> Oh, my sweet boy. Okay, I mean, but that still confuses me because, one, it's a tie-in to a, uh, an event book. That's never the place to start with a character. Two, that's not the first volume of that series. So it was the second. The- no, you're right. It was the second volume. <laughs> yeah, and, and plus, like, if they are new to comics, they don't know what an event is or a tie-in. I think the reason he just seen Civil War, maybe because he... Yeah, but he can read two. No, I know. So he so he asked me, and I basically just took him over to where the Kelly Sue DeConnick Captain Marvel was. And I'm just Good. like, try one of these. This literally just happened like last week. That's why you guys reminded me of it. I was like, oh god, no. Like, I'm like, she is very heated so in do that. You have, like, do you have like a do you have like a comic book guy's list of like good deeds you must always do when someone comes in it's like don't let them read don't let them read so and so explain to them why civil war sucks uh, <laughs> don't ask about countdown <laughs> well it's just it's one of those things where i honestly just i just try to be honest with them like yeah and people have asked me before and i think that's the best policy like if, did you like this i'm like no i think that's shit like you know what i mean like but i'm not gonna i won't prattle on about i won't continue like oh my god it was this bad and blah blah, blah. i just i'll just let them know that it wasn't for me you know but anyways yeah <laughs> Right then, yeah. That, <laughs> that's Deadpool. It's bad. The ending is bad. Yeah. But the series was good, I think, yeah, the, overall. The, the run overall was solid. It was a really good run that, like I've been saying this entire time, 
did a lot for the character that he then immediately undid. I have a question, though, for you. Do you think we're ever going to see Sheikla again? No. <sighs> That's disappointing. I really like that character and that whole world. Yeah. Like, her under, underground, like, with all the monsters and all that shit. I yeah, really it was like... really cool. <sighs> oh, well. That don't matter no Scott, more. Fuck it. Scotty Young on the book next, though. That's, uh, you know, that might be good. Ah, Scotty Young. Yeah. I like him so much. I hate Fairyland is amazing. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you can't even use the excuse anymore where you're like, oh, well, he's not drawing a book. So, no, he's 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 earned his chops as a writer, I think, at this yeah. point. And, like, the whole tone and feel of I Hate Fairyland would translate really well to a Deadpool book. Yeah. Which is weird because Scotty Young is... Did, did you guys read the uh, New Mutants book that led into... Not New Mutants, what was that thing? The, uh, Scotty Young wrote the book that led into Civil War. New Warriors. Uh, I did not. Yeah. Where it was like Jubilee was on a, a depowered Jubilee was on a team of heroes doing a stupid uh, reality show stunt. Was she a vampire yet? No, she wasn't a vampire yet. She hadn't died yet so she could be resurrected as a vampire. Huh. Ah, curse the mutants, you dumb fucking event. <laughs> where Wolverine was turned into a vampire but because of healing factory it didn't work on him because healing factors cure vampirism of course don't you know anything about science the same thing happened to the ultimate Captain America in the car I I Kudos to the card. That joke will always be in my head now whenever some stupid comic book shit happens now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's a birdie. Uh, okay. Well, we get the one that I have the least to say about, but is also the most hilariously inept out of the way first. Punchline. I figured as much. <laughs> With a name like Punchline, it has to be good. Yeah, well, for one, this is a indie book that's not released by one of the more well-known indie publishers. It's by some company called Lone Star Press, <laughs> who I have Lone not read. Star. Wow, I have not read anything they've read. They've published. They yeah. have published other things. But I've never even heard of them. Are they based out of Texas? I, I assume, but I don't know. That would require hmm. a Google search. I'm on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lodestar. Go ahead. Only one publisher would dare give me the raspberry. <laughs> huh. So, the only Lone Star publishing I'm able to find are the makers of tabletop RPGs. Oh, wait. No, I found it. Um... Lone Star Press is another name for a imprint called Pantheon, which was founded, ah. which was founded by Bill Willingham, the creator of Fables. Yeah, I know, I know Pantheon. I didn't know Lone Star though. Huh. Well then. Yeah. It's well, an indie, uh, indie publisher then. Yeah. I know it's an indie book, and standards can go wildly, even from the good ones. But fuck. Yeah. <laughs> This thing, 
You see, what's 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 dumber about this one is that it tricks you. I keep ex- it. It's it's not as outright terrible as it should be for how dumb it is, but it keeps having these little moments that make you laugh. Like the artist, for instance, is a moron because he keeps thinking because like, okay, I guess it's, should I give the plot or yeah. do you not care? Yeah, go ahead. Fuck it. Okay. Um, so a former superheroine is dying in a cemetery when we, that's literally the first page of the book. Okay. Yeah. Um, cell phone's broken. She's bleeding out from a major wound in the chest area. Uh, lays down on a, uh, tombstone to die slowly. At which point, a bratty teenager sitting next to her says, um, this statue's taken. Sit somewhere else. <laughs> she then proceeds to be a bitch about the woman dying next to her until she notices, and, and then when she sees all the blood, she's like, oh my god, did something actually happen? Is someone going to kill me? Because you know, this is our main character. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> She's a real yeah. fucking yeah. Yeah, because the premise of this book is that the woman who is dying used to be a superhero, and apparently, superheroes most superheroes in this universe are uh, legacy titles, where literally the powers, the title, the costume are passed on to another generation. Not like by choice, but like by compulsion. Like that's the reason that uh, the former superheroines' old bosses are trying to kill her. That she's re- so far refused to pass on her powers to a new generation. I didn't care enough to read on to figure out why. <laughs> but, but considering who she ends up giving the powers to, I kind of with her. It's like just let me die so I don't have to deal with this shit. <laughs> So yeah, this dying woman decides to entrust her powers to this snotty brat-nosed emo shit emo chick who's draw, who's drawing in her diary in a in a frozen cemetery in New York. <laughs> Ooh, she's edgy. <laughs> That's got to be the best candidate for giving her powers over. <laughs> Do go. you think she likes the artist murder? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm looking at uh, some of the images online for this right now. Yeah. Oh, that's, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I love the art for this book because it thinks it's good, but it's not. (laughs) It's not bad though. Miko, you're finding only the good images. Okay. There's there's enough good images to make you think the art is good. (laughs) Okay. I'll take your word for it. But then every time this artist has to show a face. Right. Like, I didn't know this was possible to make a woman screaming for help and looking to see if anyone could help her make it look like she's saying goodbye, sweet world, as she jabs a pencil into her neck. (laughs) There's a face for that? (laughs) I guess. There it is now. Welcome to Punchline, motherfucker. Oh, man. 
Yeah, and I know the. I know a typical like joke surprised look is to make one eye much bigger than the other as like a point of shock, but usually they don't make it look so big that, that it looks like one of the parties had a brain embolism. <laughs> like, oh shit! I'm surprising it. Fuck. Can someone like snap me back? I'm I'm having a seizure here. You know what? <laughs> or um or um her idea uh, the main character's idea of an excited smile according to the artist makes it look like she's doing the the like the like half lip mug thing where you show all your teeth and lift your lip on your one side to just kind of <laughs> like Frank Stallone and, and that's just, and that's all. It's like I thought based on the images for the like I didn't pay much for this. I paid fifty cents for it, so it's not like I got ripped off. But yeah, you still might have. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but I don't feel as badly ripped off as I have on some other books. Like I, I got Civil War two for free, and I felt ripped off. But. <laughs> Yeah, this is. <laughs> it's still going. It has eight issues. I checked. Oh wow! <sighs> I guess Lone Star must just really. And they apparently employ, employ a lot. Like they have, they, there's one writer, but they have a pencil and inker, an artist, and a letterer, and an editor, and it still came out like this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I was kind of tickled when Dead Man picked this because, like, yeah, I'm trying to avoid the, the obvious punchline joke, but this thing is just kind of pathetic. Yeah, doesn't sound very enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, do based on the character that I've described, Nico, the one who's becoming the superhero, would you want to spend? Eight issues no. with her? No, <laughs> no. It just it doesn't seem like there there is one good thing to grasp on to uh, what, what you've told us about this series. <laughs> the idea of like legacy powers and stuff like that, I like that idea. It just it needs to be in an actual good book. Mm. No, but the fact that she just gave them to somebody that she found in a cemetery just <laughs> completely <laughs> diminishes that idea. Like, like, even, even that could be a thing of like of like if that if the person like has the powers is like about to kill themselves or whatever, or like oh hey you're dying, let me make it save you to give you my powers. Mm. Yeah, just there are it ways to go, get around that. Just yeah, not a good this. writer needs to write. <laughs> like that's not a bad. Like I think that's pre- what you described. The last one was pretty close to what they ultimately went with. But it's just you'd have to have a more compelling character than this. Yeah. Like this is not a, this is this character's like somewhere between like this is like the worst of if you combine Deku and Bakugo. Like Ugh. all of the like all of Bakugo's uh arrogance and shit faced <laughs> lack of manners with Midoriya with Deku's like over exuberance and enthusiasm to the point of stupidity. Like who would want to spend time with that character? <laughs> Idiots. Yeah, I'm yeah, assuming. Just, I would guess. Maybe this is. I. I. I should ask Bill Willingham if I ever see him. Dude, what? what 
how much like editorial oversight do you have over your books? <laughs> so here's the thing. It's all a metaphor for Israel. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this, I'm glad, I'm glad dead man talked about mentioned. I could talk about this because this is the, this is the kind of bad book that's easy to talk about where it's just pathetic and incompetent, but I'm not reading any more of this. Hmm. <laughs> Alrighty then. So yeah, yeah. Nico, you, you you see that's one of the ones where you don't have to show show close ups of people's faces. <laughs> oh, I mean, I posted another image of what the book I was about to talk about, but in the link that I sent, uh, the first Google search I did, there was a nice one of her standing. I don't know if that's one you saw, but um, the superhero, like I guess when she approaches the graveyard chick, there was a nice image there I found, but um, yeah. But that's There's not no, faces. No, no. She's covered with hair and glasses, and the other one's got her hands. I swear at one point in one of the shots, they do the Tim Allen. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, that sounds terrible. <laughs> All right, then. So, Nico. Uh, okay, so uh, something that's not as terrible, <laughs> at least I don't think. Uh, not hard. Yeah. Uh, either the copper golems. Um so this is the second miniseries that they've came out with. This is written by uh, Matt Kent. I talked about the first one on the show. It's illustrated by David Rubin, who I've, I've talked about a few times on the show as well. I really like his work. Um, uh, yeah, so this is kind of like some of the other Dark Horse books, like Hellboy and um, Black Hammer now has been doing it. Uh, the Basically using the Hellboy method of launching different miniseries just retitling them as either this either that or black hammer this black hammer that like just like Hellboy does or bprd uh instead of having like 50 issues of like the one series they just they just bring out four or five at a time maybe take a break and then basically come out with a new miniseries so this is the second one that they've come out with now i really enjoyed the first one uh it's about, this was a story, if, uh, if you uh, don't recall me talking about it, uh, the character Boone Diaz, not to be uh, uh, confused with Tobias Boone, one of the creators of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> this is Boone Diaz, and uh, he is somebody uh, So who, actually, it's yeah, Ed Boone. Sorry. It's who? Ed Boone. I thought Tobias Boone was also somebody. Uh, oh, Tobias is a different guy. Ah, Sorry. Because I know it's the noob cybot thing. Yeah, yeah, it's Ed yeah. Boone and then something Tobias, I think. What's his name? Yeah, John actually. Tobias. There we go. Right. Thank you. Uh, so uh, this is about him, basically, who he is a scientist who was struggling with uh, staying in the real world when he he found out he can go into this other kind of dimension and do all this research and, 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 and solve mysteries and, and basically just learn. Like he has a craving for learning new things and he's obsessed with science and, and, and this ether, this basically like this in-between kind of world, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, not a purgatory, but basically this other dimension that's kind of in between the, the, the real world and something else, the afterlife or something, I guess. So it's almost like a purgatory, I guess. Uh-huh. But it's it's this other place he goes into. I mean, they're still kind of, it's not exactly clear, um, but essentially, yeah, he, he's found a way to travel over to this place 
and the first miniseries uh, focused in on his time uh, uh, originally with his family and his struggles with his family. He basically left his family, let his marriage fail because he was so obsessed about going over there. But unfortunately, when he goes over there, time moves differently than it does on Earth, um, like most of these kind of stories do. And he ages differently. Uh, so by the time he comes back, um, and the only reason he ends up coming back to Earth eventually is that because he can't uh, he, he can't um, survive in the ether for too long because he can't actually like the food if he, he digests there it doesn't it doesn't do anything for him like it, so he so he he ends up having to come back to Earth to eat and uh, and and you know drink water and all this kind of shit like to basically survive uh, but when he goes back and forth so much, he kind of loses touch with reality and with his friends and family. And, and, and he becomes like a homeless bum on the street. And then he, he's, he's not allowed back into the ether because he gets kicked out over some sort of like case that went wrong because he occasionally used to solve cases for them. So this is basically the first series just ended with you learning all this kind of stuff because they constantly went back and forth between flashbacks of him in the past and, and the present uh, actually in the ether. And, and then basically towards the end of the series, you find out that he's, he's basically homeless and, and, and a wreck and, and, uh, and uh, someone approaches him at the start of this mini series and asks him to go back into the ether. They're going to allow him to go back into there and continue his work. And the woman that he's sitting at the table of this agency with that's uh, speaking to him uh, is his actual fucking daughter, and he doesn't even realize. So time has gone by him, and he never actually met his daughter again since she was a young girl. And as she's sitting there, a woman now a part of this agency that's allowed him to go into this world to, to do research to begin with is asking him to go back. Uh, she's like, you don't even know who I am, do you? And like, he and she basically reveals herself to be his daughter, and and uh, you know, and that kind of breaks him. And but he he agrees to. She's like, I, I looked up to you so much when I was younger that I wanted I wanted to be you. That I actually became part of this organization so I could eventually help you in some way. So yeah, that never works out well. And my way to yeah. help you is to send you back into the hell that <laughs> took you away from me for all those years. Yeah, because she knows that he 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 lo- like he loves it like he he it's and then when they go into this world it's so fantastical and 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 uh, the, the colors and the illustrations that they kind of accompany with when he goes into there compared to him while the scenes while he's on Earth they just make it look so much like you know fun and like they can understand why he'd want to go to this kind of this this world instead of you know and get away from all of life's day to day problems so. Uh, unfortunately, though, I will say, uh, because I've been trying to cut back my pull list of single issues recently, uh, this is not going to be one that's going to make the cut. I am going to drop it and pick it up in trade. So I will continue reading it. But one issue into the new miniseries, I think it's going to read better in chunks, this, the tale that they're telling so far. Um, so, yeah, I definitely would say check it out. But if you haven't so far uh, picked up the first miniseries at this point or, and are so invested in it, definitely just trade weight this one, I would say. All right, then. Yeah. So, fuck. So, next book that ended for me, uh, The Mighty Thor. Yes. Uh, Just for anybody out there wondering, hey, there's a lot of Marvel. Uh, The reason is that is because I fell behind a lot. So, I'm trying to catch up by, like, kind of like hyper focusing on one company at a time. 
Yeah, he wants to work his way from bad to good. So yeah. first Marvel, then DC, then Image, probably. Yeah. So with the Mighty Thor, uh, this is the end of Jane Foster as Thor. And as a person. Uh, no, not actually, no. No. She dies for like a minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. Even with basically terminal cancer that she's been regularly not that she's been regularly like impeding and then letting loot run loose of once again. Uh, yeah, she's fine. God damn it. Marvel. I mean, she's not cured and she's still dying. And so is cancer, but no, she's, she's not, not dying anymore. She's saying that the treatments are responding well and that she's in remission. She still looks like a cancer patient, but that's because she fucking just started getting proper treatment again. Going back into remission doesn't mean that it's over. It could come back. Yeah, it could come back, but she's yeah, not but, fucking but like, dead. But like the whole the whole arc of the character is that by being Thor, she was impeding her ability to continue to be Thor because being yeah, Thor was con- and, and yeah, the whole point of the storyline was very, by the end of it she'll die. Yeah, so that's kind of a lame. Yeah ending to yeah, a so story she, I was actually considering kind of, I was kind of happy that it had the balls to actually potentially kill off a character, but no. Yeah, so she, so during all this, she went to fight Mangog and beat him. I think she threw him into the sun. Yeah, yeah. And well, then, she, I mean, she threw an asteroid at um, Odin. She had to up her game. Yeah. So yeah, then with that, um, she... Then, like, as the as Asgardia, it just fucking as, as the moon, I think, is burning because you know space. Uh, she takes off the helmet, and we actually see her like Thor face fully revealed. Then she and Thor make out for a bit, and she dies. Then she wakes back up, and she is at the gates of Valhalla, and Odin is there, screaming the fuck at her. It's like you stole my goddamn hammer. You made everybody fucking hate me. You're a fucking bitch. <laughs> and yet, because you are so awesome, I have to take you here. Basically, yeah, that's basically it. Just <laughs> yeah, just like he's like the he's like the police chief for like a rogue cop in an action movie. It's like you don't follow my rules, and you you, you got it too close to the edge. You blew up four Give squad cars. You blew up four squad cars. You fucking destroyed seven buildings. Seven thousand dollars in damage. But god damn it, you get the job done. I'm still gonna need to take your badge though. <laughs> just leave it on the table. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, yeah, so he just like is like ripping into her, and she is just like very calmly going, "Well, you're well, you're a dick, so like, fuck you." Yeah, he's always been a dick during Jason Aaron's run. Though. Yeah, and then he and most then most, <laughs> Thor, most Odin arcs, even when he's wise old Odin, he's still kind of a dick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he realizes like, oh, if it hadn't been for you, Mangog would have killed all of us. So yeah, yeah head to Valhalla. It's pretty dope there. Then Thor, being the petulant man baby he is, um, tries to channel the cosmic storm that powered Mjolnir into Jane's body to bring her back from the dead. Well, it's an epic clear. Yeah, so Jane essentially... So Jane was like, hey, I'm not re- I wasn't ready to die. Now I basically am. Goes take a step and then essentially has a heart attack in the afterlife. Where Thor is just like outside trying to channel this like unrelenting cosmic death storm into this fucking cancer patient. And then Odin shows up and is like, bro, fucking chill. 
but it is not and brings it back to life. Yeah, uh, I'm going to point out that's what villains do. Yeah. Like, in as bad as the Keanu Reeves Constantine movie was, the one moment I liked was that that version of Constantine decided to get into heaven by fucking over uh, Satan, and Satan's response was saying, no, you're going to live, and I'm going to remove all your cancer, and you're going to save the world. (laughs) And that made a little bit more sense for the Constantine universe, not really for Thor. Nah. But yeah, so Mjolnir's destroyed. Uh, Both Thors are depowered. Um, Jane is getting cancer treatment. And like it's actually having an effect now oh, because she she's not really just getting rid, get rid of it all. And then, and then the, the the book ends with like her giving a pebble of Mjolnir to Odinson and saying, "Hey, go be Thor again." So he goes and talks to his dog, and his dog's like, "We go murder." And he's like, "No, we're going to go make a fucking hammer." I was like, "Oh, I want murder." <laughs> Then she's standing on the edge of Asgardia like, I want to be Thor again. That's the end of the book. Oh, man. I couldn't find the image, but remember that awesome image with fucking... Uh, I found one of him, of Odin with the fucking ravens and that big fucking mink coat he looked like he was wearing during this ride. <laughs> remember, we, <laughs> remember we talked in length about how cool he looked when he she showed up in that. Yeah, and then his wife's just like, bitch, sit the fuck down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just remember walking in with that big coat and, and the ravens fucking hanging all over him. Yeah. And that ra- just crazy sup, cunts. Papa's back. <laughs> Get out of my chair, woman. Uh, and she's like, fuck you. And then Loki stabs him in the back and he's like, ha ha, I have my chair again. Yo, bro, <laughs> let's go get fucking nuts. I don't know. I like the conclusion. I, I mean, I, I've let, I, I mean, I've no, it's not, a, it's not a bad conclusion. It's just. Muddled in the ex- it's it's muddled in the execution things of like it did all the things I kind of expected a mainstream comic to do to screw up an ending like this. Yeah, like it is a it is a fine comic. It is a fine ending to the story that is then immediately undercut by just petulance and bullheadedness, both on the part of the character and I'm assuming editorial. Yeah. Like the 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 quote from Odin that Miko just put in chat says, "Are you gods or petulant children?" I think that's he's talking to the Marvel editors. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this yeah, is a Chip Zdarsky book. They can't just fucking put the put the Marvel editors in as characters to shit on them. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, this is uh, the other Thor is back now, though. I mean, they're. Jason kind of. Yay. Uh, he was done. my favorite character. He was the one I wanted to come back. I can't wait to see him become y'all fire and get green daughter so we can go woo. I don't know. I think you guys are being fair to this fantastic Jason Aaron run Thor on Thor. No, it was, <laughs> a, it was an amazing run. <laughs> it's not over. It's gonna continue. <laughs> Yes, but, but this character story. Is this done. story yes, is yes, done. Yes. Yeah, this story is done. And I considering not... how this could have started and how it ultimately ended up playing out over the course of quite a few issues, it has been good to great throughout, and it just kind of tripped up a little in its conclusion. 
So we're kind of maybe judging this a little harder. If we're judging by the constant of the whole, then no, this whole thing is really good. It's just that this one single moment by the standards of everything that has happened before seems extraordinarily dumb. Yeah, it's a great big fucking orchestra that then ends with a fucking bit on a kazoo. Mumble grumble. All right. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I. Yeah. Okay. I get where you guys are coming. The from. narrative is not becoming <laughs> Birdie's Tom King narrative. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I. Uh, you know what? One thing they never did address during this whole time, though, which he still hasn't. Whoa, what was that? What made him unworthy? Did they ever talk about that? Or they no? did. They, they did. did. It was Did, what was the word though? What was what was the word? You say it, dead what, man. What I don't like saying it. Uh, I don't remember, so I'm going to go look it up. I couldn't remember. Did they address it? I can't remember. They did. Saying. They did. Oh, just okay. not in the main book. It was just a, in a one side of the ti- book. one of the tie-ins that he did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't recall. Oh, it was that unworthy Thor miniseries. Yeah, you're right. I think I do. Re- I think that's the one they did it in. Unworthy Thor. I think okay. It was five what he said was. Gore was right. Right. Right, right. You're right. But they kind of it yeah, it just became not a big deal. I remember when they finally revealed it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, essentially him realizing that gods are dicks made yeah. him unworthy to wield the hammer. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. You guys are right. I do remember reading that. Okay. No, are I just we the bad guys? <laughs> Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that we, the immortal dickbags who go around murdering everything, have challenge have like fucking Physical challenges to determine the fates of multiple races, fuck whatever we want and have no consequences, and also have like infinity stocks of like world destroying weapons. Are you saying we're not good people? I am stunned and shocked. Oh my god. Ooh. <laughs> Please, Birdie, it's oh my god. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't, I'm I'm not a master of the uh, lame neutered caterwauling. Yep, exactly. I have spent a portion of my life talking to a microphone. I am good at at least three voices. That is one of them. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Bertie. Anyway. All right. Uh, trying to remember what we said I was talking about. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, yeah, this is, well, speaking of the, the episode that would never be, uh, DV8. Because this was when you weren't here, Nico, when we heard. Oh, you did. Talk, you talked about this technically already. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I talked about this on the Ambien episode, right? And <laughs> yeah, hold on. Is this the Brian Wood book? Is Dead Man still on? I can't tell. Yeah, he's not there at the moment. Oh, uh, okay. I guess I'll keep talking unless he tells me to stop. Sorry about that. Uh, no so yeah, um, 
So DV, I don't know why I read this because it was one of the three uh, Warren Ellis uh, miniseries I mentioned a few episodes back. This one uh, writ- drawn by Humberto Ramos. Huh. And um, I guess even Humberto Ramos can have a bad day every now and then because ah. uh, <laughs> it's still his art, so it's above average, but. It's Humberto Ramos doing bad '90s art, because mm. this was made like the late '90s, early 2000s. Because, do you know what this is, Nico? No, I thought it was uh, for some reason a Brian Wood comic, but you're saying it was a Warren Ellis. Yes. Okay. No, I've never read this. Oh, it's Wildstorm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. No, I've never seen this not before. Just, not just Wildstorm. Gen 13. Yeah. Huh. Huh. This is a spinoff of Gen 13. <laughs> Yeah, no, I had no clue. No, I don't know what this is. Um, I know what Gen Thirteen is. I just yeah, I don't uh, know what this series was. No, no. Speaking, no. speaking of speaking of Gen Thirteen, yeah. Speaking of Gen Thirteen, fuck you, DC, for constantly just throwing it under the bus. Yeah, just re-release the the old arc, please, so I can buy it and <laughs> not bother thinking about it again. Thinking about what DC is doing with some of my favorite '90s characters. <laughs> I know, I know they've recently reprinted, uh, I think it's Wildcats, one of those Wildstorm books. Yeah, it's not, it's not. Yeah, you, you notice how Wildcats does not sound like Gen 13. No, I know, I know. It's, yeah, anyways. Okay, anyway, this, I guess, uh, if I had to compare it to a book, um, this would be, if Gen 13 was kind of like the Teen Titans, then this would be like. Suicide okay. Squad, because hmm. this is a team of people that have superpowers, that have villainous tendencies, that are controlled by a Nazi mad scientist. Uh, what was the type of character I talked about last time with Dead Man? It's a Ilsa She Wolf of the SS type character. I don't but no, It probably doesn't mean anything to you, Nico. You're too innocent, but. Um, <laughs> Well, thank you. (laughs) Elsa She-Wolf of the SS is the name of a character from a series of Nazi sexploitation torture porn movies. Yeah, no, I'm not familiar with those, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, too innocent. Um, And also, yeah, so then it's a bunch of no-name characters from, that were from, what's the, I think it's, Gen 13 is the term for like anyone who has these, like these, super, these yeah, these metahuman superhuman abilities manifesting. No, I think it's specifically like the, like this generation of them because the pre because there was their parents were Gen twelve, right? Yeah, that was the. Re- I was trying to remember why the thirteen came in because the Gen thing was specifically about their modified genetics, but um, yeah. So this is like a, a bunch of ones that went through the evil training of the group that was trying to capture Gen 13, the main book, and it went well for them in the sense that they are all at best amoral sociopaths, if not outright psychopaths. Like on the last episode that will never be seen or heard, Dead Man was telling me how the one thing he hates the most in comics is telepaths. Yep. And one yeah. of the characters in this book is a schizophrenic telepath with the ability to make you mimic her, what she does if she uses the proper hand motions to make you uh, act it out. Hmm. At which point Deadman's like, nope, 
no, 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 no. Nope. <laughs> Walk that noise. But uh, I was telling Dead Man last time, I guess I was saying meow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk about this book because it doesn't really have a story structure. It's just like a series of disconnected mini stories featuring these characters and who they are as people and how fucked up they are. And Warren, I guess this is Warren Ellison's Warren Ellis's attempt to be dark and edgy in a way that doesn't really work because <laughs> yeah, bro, it's deviate. Yeah, deviate from like the norm, Warren, bro. When Warren, Ellison, when Warren Ellis does dark shit, he usually does it with more grown-up characters, not teenagers. Hmm. Yeah, it's so, kind of hard to do dark and edgy teens. Yeah, like his yeah, so. It, okay, yeah, no. Okay, here's the thing. It's really easy to do dark and edgy teens. It's hard to do dark and edgy teens well. Yes. And particularly in the 90s, which maybe at the time this style of character was more acceptable. But now from our perspective, we're just laughing at the design work and the names like Frostburn or Copycat. Or Snowflame. And, yeah. Well, that's 80s, but same. It it tracks. Yeah, but um, yeah. So it's hard to talk about. Like I said, it's hard to talk about the story of this book. Like they're evil. Their boss is more evil. They all have problems. The last image is kind of darkly funny, in that one of the characters so hates herself that she t- that she takes a that she jumps off the a bridge into the Hudson River. But her powers won't let her die, so she just spends two hours at the bottom of the Hudson River in a six feet of mud, just stewing, until she just finally gets fed up with being stuck down there and just decides to leave. <laughs> Com- complete with a cheesy late '90s line or something like, "Well, if I can't, if I can't do dying, I guess I'll try living." <laughs> Is this um, teens? Because there's two different Warren Ellis's, as I'm sure by now you know. Is is this it, it, Warren Ellis who's invested in the work, or Warren Ellis that's just like I, I, I'm not interested in this? Um, <laughs> I know at this time maybe of, that didn't it's exist. Kind of in the yet. middle, okay. because like on the one hand, the character, the, the schizophrenic character, that is actually they do a lot to kind of discuss how that plays out in her own head when she falls into a mirror that's designed to trap her inside her own mind and fight with her mm. own internal personalities. So yeah, that that's shit's a, that's kind very, of very worn Alice. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that kind of shit's cool. Or yeah. like, um, uh, another gen, another gen character is dying, is dying of a disease. And in her feverish state, her powers manifest, which creates, a ghost, a ghostly persona that walk that goes around town looking for help, hmm. and those kinds of ideas are kind of cool. But then you just have the really dumb shit, like how uh, Frostburn kills an entire uh, city by absorbing all of the heat from the desert it's in, so the, and then releasing it so that it explodes. <laughs> Yay! Powers, yeah. or how uh, their caretaker 
is basically if Mr. Filch from the Harry Potter movies was a pedophile. <laughs> the fuck? Because, you know, evil. Dark yeah, it's, it's, instead of that cat, imagine he's fucking a child. Imagine he just has a child on him at all times. Basically, yes. <laughs> to the point where he gets annoyed when he's called away from his pedophilia to do work. God damn it, stop annoying me with this fucking work shit. I'm trying to get my bo- I'm trying to get my rocks off with a 12-year-old. Six-year-old, please. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> you, you see what, I, what I'm saying, Nico? Is how it's kind of half trying and half not. Because yeah. some of these ideas could have worked in a longer series if it was, like, given no, time to, to promote. Mm-hmm. But then there's all the dumb 90s shit. The same right. is true for the art, where Humberto Ramos, everyone who's read one of his book, the books he's drawn, knows he has a very distinct style that can be very fun and colorful and like kinetic. Mm-hmm. And half of it works; the other half is bad '90s shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, just saying that, even like if you were to say like that team was going to do a book today, that's that's you know what I mean. Like that would be interesting. Like these two, yeah. Know, like if if, I, I, if the Wild Storm turned out to be anything remotely fun. Which, according to Dead Man, is not going to happen. Nah, I'm still reading it though. I don't know. It's 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 been yeah, but it's very boring so far. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. But yeah, uh, it's <laughs> if you want to see what a good artist doing a bad aesthetic from a certain time period looks like, check it out. Hmm. But uh, there are better Warren. There are certainly better Warren Ellis books, and there are definitely better Humberto Ramos books. Right. So it, much like the the quality of the effort from the artist and the writer, this book's just kind of dead set in the middle. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay. So my final book, or it's my turn, right? Yep. I think? Final yeah. book. Okay. Uh, is Avengers. This is the newly relaunched Avengers title with Jason Aaron writing. Ed McGinnis probably is on Jason the first. Jason Aaron the only person left at Marvel who gives a shit? I mean... That kind of. Like I, I mean, as I previously mentioned, that's why I'm I'm glad for the Donny Cates books I've been reading lately because Jason Aaron's probably like one of my only writers I usually follow his books. At this uh, no, wait. Uh, G. Willow Wilson is still trying. Right, yeah, she, she's 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 plucking away at good old Kamala Khan as long as that Marvel mm. won't screw her up by trying to give her unlimited sex appeal or something. Yeah, uh, right now, right now she's in the middle of trying to choose between her trying to choose between Bruno and Red Dagger. Mm. Yeah, no, that's still pretty solid, uh, Miss Marvel. For sure. Um, yeah, um, but, there's but uh, I think, Max but, uh, Venus that- who's currently working on a uh, Moon Knight. That's really good too, actually. I just read the first volume of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got Jason Latour. Yeah, his writings. It, he's getting he's getting better with Gwenpool. Sorry, not Gwenpool. Yeah. Gwen, Spider Gwen. Wow. I feel Spy- bad. Yeah, because <laughs> like you just compared a good character to the bane of your existence. Yeah, just like <laughs> oh fuck. But no, yeah. Hey, guess what? There's a fucking goddamn. Council of Gwens that are there to tell the Watchers to go fuck themselves. Yeah, because they're all like, you know what? Most of us have died to fuel another character, so fuck you. Yeah, yeah. so fuck you. I have a Venom symbiote. Eat my ass, fuckos. Ed, I'll Ed see you Brisson. kids next Sunday. Ed Brisson's okay. Hopeless is okay. 
uh, Charles Soul. Oh, this is good. They just Marvel won't let him do shit. Anymore. Well, this is oh My, Rainbow Rowell. Yeah. Okay. So let me rephrase that. It's not that they don't have any good writers, but the big name writers that used to be there, like in terms of you can give these guys anything and write three, four titles. There's really just Jason Aaron, in my opinion. Yeah, pretty much. Because even even Jeff Lemire said, no, I'm not getting much from working with Marvel anymore. I'll just write 18 books for DC and Image. Yeah, (laughs) and like two for Dark Horse. Yeah. (laughs) Just, Um, just, you know, vary up the palette a bit. Right. But, you know, as I always say on this show about how much I I love Jason Aaron's work, um, this is Avengers uh, relaunch and I haven't been right. I, I tried some of Mark Wade's Avengers. I kind of dipped in and out. Um, I didn't love his run. Uh, I've heard that event that just ended. That was pretty good. Actually, we had like three, four writers on it where they combined no surrender. Is that what it was? What the fuck was that book called? Oh, the Avengers, fuck no surrender. Yeah. I didn't care to check it out, but I've heard from a couple of people that they enjoyed it. So I don't know if that's, if that means anything. Or I, not, I don't but... know. It, it's, it's not, it's, it's not really an event book. It's just kind of a side story because the Hulk is still alive in it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, um, in this book, the Hulk has reverted. Yeah. Well, so, she Hulk has. So uh, have either of you guys read these two issues? I read no. issue one, then stopped. Hmm. I I really like this team so far. Um, it's not a bad group of characters. It's just the Avengers books on the whole now cannot... I've always had the worst of the studio mandate shit. Mm. And... Oh, God. Why, why, why did they bother ending the book with Jen getting better if they were just going to have Hulk, her do the Hulk thing again? Because fuck mm. you. <laughs> I mean, the team in this, let's go over the team. You got the base team, which is the classic Cap, Cap Iron Man, and Thor. From there, you got, like, you know, the, the, the backups that have been Avengers many a times with, like, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, uh, you know, Doctor Strange. And then, and then you got the kind of, like, the wild cards that you sometimes get on these teams, where I guess in this one, because I can't remember. I, if she was not an Avenger during Venice's time, was she She-Hulk? But this is a different She-Hulk. This isn't this uh, is an angry she all. This is Jennifer she, Walters. Okay, she was okay. Ben, she she was an Avenger the original time Bendis wrote the Avengers before. Um, uh, okay, before the new Avengers, uh, the new Avengers yeah, be, one. No, before that, like when like okay. Bendis took over the Avengers book before he started New Avengers after and, Jeff Johns. Yeah, so during Jeff Johns and at the end of right. Bendis's run, he worked on that. Okay. But, uh, I mean, I always, I always recognize her as an FF character. Oh yeah, because she's the one that ripped uh, Vision in half. That's right. She's, I think, the one that killed Vision at that time. I believe. Yeah, was, yeah, that's well, right. Um, but yeah, so like anyway. you said, uh, at the end of and, and Ghost Rider. Sorry. Yeah, and Ghost Rider. Uh, uh, Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know he's marketable. He's still marketable right now. So yeah. Use him for something. But yeah, so with uh, yeah, so at the end of uh, the She Hulk book. Uh, Jennifer Walters had reconciled. She was back to being just regular little fucking She-Hulk. But then you go into this one and she's like running down. She's like, you know, jogging on the street, doing a workout. Because, you know, when you have a Hulk, that's what you do. You work out. And then some dude like fucking bumps into her or like tries to hit on her or something. And she just fucking whips around. Just, <laughs> just like snarls at him like a Hulk and then turns back around and tries to like force the Hulk back down into her. Essentially, just saying, "Hey, remember all that shit that happened, like in that other book? Fuck you." 
That would happen, and assholes. Then, and then the second issue, just started to jump around here. Um, so basically, the big thing that they're dealing with so far, that's while in these first two issues they're bringing the team together, is Celestials are falling from the sky, and they don't know why. Uh, <laughs> she's, she, gets, she starts getting attacked by like these kind of like alien bug type things. Uh, and, and she basically, she rips through her sandal with the Hulk foot and, <laughs> and yells Hulk squish, ends up squishing a fucking bug and then ripping one apart. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I know Hulk. you guys, yeah, yeah, I know you, this isn't your favorite interpretation of this character so far. I'm aware of this, but, um, you know, that's her, that's the current status quo that, I mean, of that character, unfortunately, yeah. but well, more importantly, and this is something that her book didn't address, so this book has every right to do it. Hey, Carol, didn't you have my brother shit my cousin shot in the face? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I did. Punch. Hulk squish. Did that happen? It does not. Did that? No. No, it doesn't. You do, you do see some pretty awesome scenes with Robbie Reyes, though. I was glad to see him again in a book I'm uh, reading. I, I know that, Here's the thing that they failed in doing. Back when DC announced DC Rebirth, you may or may not remember that they fucking did a little uh, oversized one-shot called Marvel Legacy before they, they rolled out their Legacy titles. Yeah, which they sold as a as a trade paperback, which is when I looked like, ha. Right. <laughs> and so, because they were obviously trying to get one up and keep in line with DC at that time, I'm sure this is why they decided to roll it out then instead of before the launch of Avengers. They, uh, Jason Aaron told the legacy story of the old DC Avengers, old versions of all these characters in that fucking legacy thing that happened six months ago. So he is trying to return to that storyline in the first issues of Avengers. So if anybody did not read that, I think that, uh, I think he'd be a little fucking confused what the hell was going on at this first because you you open up the book with those characters like going back like earth one million years ago and then they show you all the versions of these characters black panther ghost rider dr strange hulk who's like a fucking star brand hulk which yeah is the hulk pretty is awesome. the star brand yeah that's actually pretty awesome i like that actually but um but yeah um so i just didn't like that they fucking like i i get it that was jason aaron's idea that he established all those months ago but the fact that they stretched it out so long ago and they're bringing it back with the launch of it. I just didn't think it was fair. Like, cause I don't think that was the plan. Like, I don't, I, I like, I don't anticipate that they originally wanted to bring it out six months prior to his launch on Avengers. But anyways, um, so the first, I, mean, issue- I just, I, I just, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, go ahead, I just go ahead, know, go ahead. Like, I don't know. I, I want, don't know if, is it air? Is it Jason Aaron's fault? I don't know. That Hulk just ignored that. They just ignored the ending of, of Jen's own book and said, fuck it. Or is it editorial's fault? Editorial. I, <laughs> I feel like it might be Aaron. Because like, ed- because like, editorial thinking- can only do so much damage. But like, when it comes to like actually like writing out, hey, this is the event of this fucking book. Mm-hmm. That does kind of ultimately fall on the writer, and these decisions are made like months in advance. Here's the thing, though. Are you? I I I, I get where you guys are coming from, but. Is he going to bog down the fucking bringing this team together any more than he has to with, while establishing a new storyline by telling you every fucking thing that happened prior to these characters before moving them no, into this book? No, but if you have a character who's wildly different than the version most people are familiar with, yeah, right. and, are... Based on the, and based on the readership of... And, and, and if you're assuming people will remember Civil War II at this point, you're a fucking moron. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> 
So I just, if, you, if yeah. you have characters that, if you then you have to have read like a dozen different books to know what why, why these characters are where they were. And if you have read those books, you're then confused because these characters are not where they were at the ends of their own books mm-hmm. in some yeah. cases. So right, you both but, have to know everything about several books to follow it, and at the same time, not know everything about several of those books because if you do, you'll just be like, "Wait, sure. what?" Sure, and and that's what I was saying though. Whose job is it to come in then and tell him, "Hey, don't, you should be explaining what happened to this character before they showed up here." Editorial. Well, it's... that's. <sighs> That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're both to blame, I guess, in that sense. Some one of them should know. He should have did his due diligence by maybe trying to say that this important thing happened to this character before reintroducing them. Sure, but if he didn't choose to, an editorial didn't care. I don't. Yeah, like there wasn't even like an editor's note saying like, "Hey, you want to fucking know what's up? Check out these issues." Right. There was no fucking smiling stand there saying, "Yo, fuckos." I mean, maybe they'll get into it. I don't know. But it, it, the main thing is, I didn't love the first issue. Okay? I, I didn't yeah. love the fact that the Marvel Legacy thing, they had to they had to deal with that. And, uh, oh, you God. know, the Fucking Ed McGinnis art, though, this is the best I've seen. Ed, I mean, I haven't seen Ed McGinnis in a while, and he's only going to be on this for, like, five issues knowing Ed McGinnis. But this is really good fucking Ed McGinnis art, I think. Oh, yeah. This Ed McGinnis is... is- maybe- He's solid. I know you've you've talked about how bulbous his characters look, right? Maybe that's why they didn't have her switch back to to like normal Jennifer Walters She Hulk because I remember when Ed McGinnis drew She Hulk, and he draws man, when, he, when when he draws super muscular women, yeah, they look like blow up balloons. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But I don't know. It's just. Anyways, with the second issue, though, like I said, I didn't love the first issue. The second issue, though, I think I'm coming also, around. Isn't Carol Danvers running around with Reality Stone currently? And I don't know. Is she? And like, she was in a dark dimension, and she got out of it by finding the Reality Infinity Stone, as far as I understand it. And now they're having her do a Crisis of Infinite Captain Marvel's book. Don't, don't think oh, about she- it. She's in part of that. She's been. She was part of that Infinity Countdown tie-ins, right? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, just no. uh, right. Just, just don't think about it. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't think I'm enjoying this a lot more with not knowing any of that fucking baggage with these characters, along with them bringing them that shit into this book so far. Uh, I'm going to quote Nico for you, Dead Man. I don't think I'm really enjoying this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about that She-Hulk stuff. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I, 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 it's, not, it's not just about saying I don't care about this. You said I just don't think. But yeah, no, I just sometimes I just like a good old comic book. I like some comic book fun. Uh, I like the forming of the team. I uh, I do know. too. But like the, the Avengers and the Justice League stuff, that has to be kind of compellingly done at this point for me to care. And because like it. Since they're the two big super teams that everyone goes back to, it's the one that has the most tendency to be kind of bland and generic. Mm. That's why I've kind of ignored... Uh, who's the author on Justice League post-rebirth? Uh, it's one of those guys who... It's, what, that's one of those guys we always kind of try to ignore because he's not that good. Uh, uh, right now, I think it's Christopher Priest. No, it was the guy before him. It was um, Brian, Brian Hitch. Hitch. 
Brian Pitts. Yeah, that's his name. That guy, I was, I was like, yeah, you're you're there. What the fuck ever happened to the Red She-Hulk? Oh, uh, Hulk killed her. Just. There was a weird arc before the current um, Amadeus Cho took over thing where Marvel, this feels like a Marvel editorial mandate thing. They just had Hulk go around getting rid of all of the gamma-powered characters that were not him. According to the internet, she was in Civil War too. I don't remember that, and I read Civil yeah, War. She was at Bruce's funeral. Okay, I'd have to check. I guess I could look again if I cared. Oh wait, I don't. Hmm. Yeah, whatever. Hulk is the character, the oldest one of the old Marvel mainstay characters that's just been fucked by Marvel at this point. So whatever. Yeah. Continue, Nico. <laughs> no, I got nothing else to say. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not going to comment on this book anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. Nico's new intro. I don't think. <laughs> so moving on to my final book, Hunt for the Wolverine. So Ugh. the appropriate amount of time has passed and now Wolverine is coming back from the dead proper. Yeah. Logan's been out for a year. We can finally move past that. Yes. So, the X-Men, after finding the horrible molten glob of poop that was Logan at the end of the Death of the Wolverine, they apparently took that glob and then shaped it into something vaguely Logan-shaped. Because, you know, that's kind of horrific and mortifying. Yeah. Then they left it in, a, in Logan's cabin up in Canada as a memorial. <laughs> What do they put it? They put a beer in his head and a, turn on a hockey game and just put him in a couch. Uh, no, they just emptied out the cabin of everything that would have made it Logan's and they just put him on a pedestal. Like Cyclops even points that out. It's like we literally put him on a pedestal. I just hope he comes back right on that spot. They're like, dude, where's my stuff? No, actually, here's the, so I'll get to that. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, the Reavers. Then show up. Of course they do. And try to steal the adamantium hunk in order to sell it. Yeah. So then a team of X-Men show up and they're like, yeah, let's fucking go. Um, as the Reavers are holding off the X-Men, um, one of them is trying to like deconstruct the molecules. I think of the adamantium to get Logan's body out from inside. So they eventually bust it open and Logan's not inside anymore. Because when they... Because when the X-Men, like, put the body up there, they're all like, this seems wrong. So instead... Uh, <laughs> oh, really? It seems wrong? Yeah. So Kitty... Next you're going to tell me that there's something bad about just living in city in in, uh, in the middle of New York City and not paying rent. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, so then Kitty uh, phases his body out of the adamantium. In according to what, in uh, according to her, is one of the hardest phases she's ever had to do since the bullet. Which, for those who don't remember, Why? is when she had to live inside of a bullet for a couple of years in space in order to have it not blow up the planet of Shi'ar. 
Yeah. You know, back when people cared about the X-Men. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good Just Whedon book. Yeah. So apparently in the thing that has been the hardest thing she's ever had to do since the bullet, um, it had no ill effects. She did it perfectly. Yeah. They got his body out completely unscathed and then buried it. You know, like proper people, I guess. I don't know. What they they didn't um, make a cross out of of uh, tree branches and then tip it over so it makes an X. No, they left a mound of dirt with a bottle of beer. Okay, I can see I can see him appreciating that. Yeah, and every once in a while, Kitty will like go to the grave, drop off a drop off a bottle of drop off a new bottle of beer, and just tell him what happened over the last couple months. So so. For those who have played this game, Kitty is Aloy, and Wolverine is her adopted father, who she just goes back to and tells her life story every now and again. Yeah, which is weird because you think that would be like Laura or Jubilee or one of the other or one of the other many daughters Wolverine has had. Yeah, or maybe just kind of rotate through them. Because yeah. I mean, I can see Kitty Pride doing that because Kitty Pride did often kind of disappear off to do shit with Logan during the eighties and nineties. So yeah. they do have a very close relationship, even with Logan's propensity for finding daughter characters amongst the X-Men. But yeah, at some point it like Laura should have come by Jubilee should have come. Yeah. By. Hell, like when, when they buried him, Jubilee is the one who weren't, like actually put, weren't, weren't storm and he fucking when that in, when he died, uh, they hadn't gotten to fucking yet. They'd kissed once. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. So the kitty's just like hanging out, just like telling the story. And then she's like, Wait a minute. Then phases her hand through the ground into the burial tomb where he was and feels around. There's no body on there. And she's like, son of a bitch. So then she goes and talks to the other X-Men. It's like, hey, Logan's gone. Yeah. He's either alive or, or she, somebody took or him. She, or she phases, when she pulls her hand out after phasing it, she finds a note that just says, hoser. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> off, eh? <laughs> I'm late for the Maple Leafs game, don't you know? So many Tim Hortons to raid. No, no just reach your hand down there and find like an empty 2-4 of Molson's. <laughs> with, with, with a note saying, it's like, hey, Bob, if you drop this off at the bottle return, they're worth at least $2, eh? Yeah. Or knowing Wolverine, it says like, you know, all, uh, all this beer needs poutine. <laughs> yeah, I'm heading to smoke, so I'll be right back. But yeah, and so then she goes we around lost and Nico entirely. Yeah. <laughs> so then she goes around to so then Kitty I'm goes here. around to a few places and sets up uh the side sets up the tie-in issues. Uh for one, she goes to uh Tony Stark, you know, loyal friend of Logan's. And she's like, hey, science. And then we also learned that she went to go talk to Daredevil. Because he's an investigator. And in the his book... The only reason I could see her going to see Daredevil is that the only person who's had more trouble with the hand... Who's had as close to as much trouble with the hand as Daredevil has is Wolverine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and then, meanwhile, um, in, in Daredevil's book, uh, he goes and recruits a character who was introduced after the Inhumans landed in the middle of uh, the Hudson River. 
Uh, he's the former cop, head, current head of security for New Adelan with the weird light eyes. Remember that character? No. He was in Daredevil a bit. I have not read Daredevil in a little bit since he switched. Is he still in the black costume? No. Okay, then yeah, I have not read Daredevil in a bit. Are you talking about the painter killer guy? Um, the cop, the 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 former cop. Oh, the Inhuman series, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That that Charles Soule created that character too. Yeah, I, yeah. I forgot his so, name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so he shows up, and they both go and recruit Misty Knight, and okay. then they and then they all go off and recruit Cipher, who is currently going insane because he's trying to read the internet. Is that the guy that has shit coming out of his head, his neck, or whatever the fuck? Like, uh, no, that's the guy who can read all languages. Oh, okay. Oh, so he's attempting to read the internet. That means he'll turn into Freakazoid. Uh, he kind of did. Like, they shut off the internet, so he pulled out a gun and tried to kill him. <laughs> then they gave him a phone so he could get back on the internet, and he said, like, hey, man, Logan's everywhere, man. And showed, like, graphs and charts that are meant to mean something. As well as a picture, I think, of Wolverine getting married. Oh, he's the kid that was with Warlock from the new... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's now a dirty okay. hobo. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I wonder how kids growing up with comics today would react to Freakazoid. Um, because... I feel like they would th- think that he was not racist enough. They'd freak out. <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, that's pretty good. But, like, not enough dicks. Yeah, Hunt for Logan. Hunt for Wolverine. It's mandatory. <laughs> Studio mandatory, which is the worst kind of mandatory. Yeah. I remember, I remember like, back in the day, like, I would see Charles Soule's name on a book, and I'd be like, oh, fuck yeah, Charles Soule, he's great. But now I see it, I'm just like, eh. Same. Maybe Charles Soule needs to work for some... Uh, is Charles Soule doing anything for Image that I'm just not familiar with? Uh, not words. that I can think of. Oh, wait, oh doing, curse words? Curse wait, words. Oh, he's doing curse words? Yeah, that's him uh, That's him writing that book, yeah. Oh, I thought that was somebody else. No. it's. I mean, it is drawn by that God Hates Astronauts, but it, he only draws it. He doesn't write it. Um, yeah. The only book I'm reading oh, actually, currently by Charles Soule is uh, Daredevil. I actually still like his Daredevil, but that's the only one I read. But you're right. I I used to speak about Charles Soule like at that point when he first came over from his DC stuff was way better than his Marvel stuff. Let's just say that. Like when he got signed at Marvel, I was really fucking excited, and then it, it kind of faltered. Like I was like, I was I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm with you though. When I see his name on a book now, I'm like, eh. He's there. Yeah. 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 Curse words is really good. I only read the first arc. You're up to date with it? Or? Yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm still going through and keeping on it, and it's really good. Margaret's now a platypus. Who's a platypus? Uh, the koala bear. Oh, yeah, his koala bear buddy. Okay. Yeah, his koala huh. bear became a platypus. Because she wanted to be a platypus instead. Okay. <laughs> I apparently need to read curse words. It's solid. It is a really good book. Does it get better after the first arc? Because it didn't grab me the first arc. I, I was like, eh. I really dug the first arc. Okay. So maybe it's just not for me then. Yeah. 
I like the art. I really like that artist. Oh, yeah, I just, the, uh, oh, yeah, Ryan Brown's Ryan, a, Brown. Ryan Brown's a fantastic artist. Yeah. He did some bedlam issues. I know we always talk about it. <laughs> bedlam. <laughs> oh god, fucking bedlam. He was not the right artist for that book. <laughs> I want Bedlam back, god damn it. I actually picked up the trades recently. Bedlam was so fucking good, then they just stopped. Yeah. Then Nick Spencer became a shit. And he just continued writing Morning Glories. Yeah. How is Morning Glories the book that fucking survived? I don't know. Eh. Ugh. CW? For weirdos? <laughs> to the best of my understanding of Morning Glories, that's what that is. CW for weirdos. Mm. It's lost for assholes. <laughs> I thought Lost was already for assholes. Yeah. This is, this is, this is Morning worse. Glories is... <laughs> Morning Glories is the CW times Lost by a factor of seven. Oh, okay. I, did, I, I don't remember you guys ever saying anything that was all that graphic about it, but okay. It wasn't particularly graphic. It was just weird, stupid melodrama shit and like Fucking insane convoluted plots involving twins that were drawn exactly the same and were constantly switching each other's identities, so no one knew who the fuck who was. But it, but it's funny you say that because at the same time, at times, I felt like it was trying to go towards the way the characters were and the art was. It was trying to uh, it was trying to be titillating, but it wasn't. Like like it felt like a CW thing at first where it's like oh yeah these are all really good looking people yeah like, you know, like, like one, of the, one of the teachers is like straight up basically a dominatrix teacher right but then you thought it was gonna go oh maybe we're gonna get into sexy times here but it never fucking happened no like sex <laughs> happens we just, we just never like, see it it is just right like, like one of the characters is constantly fucking but all we see is the girl fully clothed leaving his room angry the next morning this is what I'm saying. And you got people running around schoolgirl outfits. Wait, so it's CW, but less racy than CW actually yes. is these yeah. days? Yes. So there was no payoff. Because fucking on Riverdale is still <laughs> yeah. on TV. Right. Which is another thing I don't understand. I mean, and man, could... you have to explain that to me again. I haven't point. seen it. I haven't seen season two at all. People okay. can watch that show and be like, oh, wow, the, the, you know, these characters are all really hot. Like, and just have that interest in it. This like, didn't even have fucking Oh, have yeah. That. Fucking that <laughs> smoldering sexiness that is Cole Sprouse. <laughs> Sweet life, baby. Yeah. Oh. Morning Glories did not even have that. Do y'all want to freak yourself off to a piece again? of cardboard? Then Riverdale's for you. Guys, I don't even remember what we were talking about at this point. Uh, <laughs> Morning Glories. Were we actually talking about Morning Glories? No, no, no. no. So what, what it was was we were talking about Hunt for Wolverine. Well, I don't really Which think, then led so to Curse Words, which then led to Ryan Brown, which then led to Bedlam, which then led to fucking Morning Glories. Okay. Yeah, it was and the Nick Nico's, Nico's response is, I don't think. I like Tom King. But. <laughs> <laughs> so, Birdie, <laughs> final book. All right. Well, speaking of not thinking, um, let's talk about the Marvel manga verse Ooh. Jesus fucking I'm sure that Christ. shit oh god dead man do you want to explain to Nico what this is or should I uh, so what if you took all of the stuff from like 90s Marvel and cross that over with bad 90s manga sounds terrible hallelujah <laughs> yes because okay there is a story 
I had to use my brain on that one. Excuse me. But there's the Hulk is a kaiju. No, no. Let me. Let me. There's no story, Nico. It's just a series of things happening, and some of them are more entertaining than others. Like the one that Dead Man thought was kind of entertaining is that um, Ghost Rider is in a gay relationship with the son of Satan, and and the son of Satan is like really like aggressively aggressively trying to sex up Ghost Rider. Word. Okay. But that's one of the more normal moments. Like uh, I forgot to mention this last time, Dead Man. Um, Black Panther is also the Falcon. Yeah, sure. Because apparently the Falcon is just another of the totems besides the Panther. So he has two totems. Yes, like he he takes off the Panther totem and puts on the Falcon totem. Well, ain't he Mister Fucking he Fancy? Falcon. But by the way, Nico, uh, Black Panther in this is not um, a armored superhero who has some spiritual powers. He's just a wear cat. He's a kitty. He's a bipedal panther wearing African armor. He's a kitty. <laughs> okay, so. What else is there to talk about with this? Uh, Tigra is Doctor Strange's assistant. I don't know how they came to that conclusion. Um, and Doctor Strange dresses like a steampunk cosplayer. <laughs> oh, I just took a picture of the manga verse uh, Black Panther. He looks yeah. Egyptian. Yeah, well, I mean, Egypt is technically African. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware, <laughs> but that's not really the part of Africa they usually pull from for Black Panther. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah he, has, like, the ne- he has like the necklace and stuff and like the little tassel over his dick. Yeah. That looks like a pharaoh, not really a, not really a king. Yeah. All right, so and Doctor the Doom's big a black weird lady. one, Nico, but... Like the big weird one, Nico, that I was telling Dead Man about that I had the hardest time explaining and I still have a hard time explaining is that um, Bruce Banner is in love with Iron Man, who's a chick in this. And the big overarching threat is that the Hulk is accidentally released. But when the Hulk is released, the Hulk separates from Bruce Banner and becomes a Godzilla sized monster that has a tail and breathes fire. That's kind of awesome <laughs> and ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Hydra tries to use the Hulk to destroy New York and takes Iron Man hostage. No, I, no, kills Iron Man. But she's on the River Styx and hasn't isn't dead dead yet. So the Cosmos decides to give Bruce Banner the ability to save his lady love and stop the Hulk. By turning him into Thor. You know. Like you do. (laughs) Because uh, at this point, even the Avengers Megazord has failed to stop the Hulk. Because the Avengers are a Megazord now. Yeah, yeah. Fucking mechs, dude. (laughs) 
The the only weird part for me in terms of the normal characters that I kind of laughed at Dead Man is that um, Franklin Richards becomes Captain Marvel, <laughs> and then winds up with the Inhumans and runs off with Black Bolt's wife Medusa. <laughs> And I was like, what the hell is happening? Franklin Richards cucked Black Bolt. (laughs) Wow. My God, this 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 imprint sounds amazing, terrible. Tear amazing. (laughs) Okay. Let's see if I can get through the rest of this. Um, what else does... I guess the X-Men are worth talking about only in the sense that... Um, Nico, you know that weird Cyclops design where uh, they made his uh, Cyclops' laser X-shaped? Oh, I fucking hate that design. Yeah, It's that a terrible was, design. That was, the, that was when he was... A, well, even more of an asshole than usual, and he became like a bad guy it for It goes a with his terrible character. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. In this, um, the rest of his costume is covered in X's, and his eye and his eye and his oh, beam is just an eyeball. <laughs> I actually like that more than I fucking like the X as his fucking face mask. To be honest with you, an eyeball. Oh man, that's yeah, crazy. and and Logan is a shogun. That's cool. That makes sense. I mean, that that's, makes one hundred percent sense. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one. That made sense so far to me. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. I can see that <laughs> because yeah. you know he's got the whole you know feudal Japan, that whole Japan thing going on that he's always traveled there and all that. Yeah. Oh God. Right. Yeah. Just, <laughs> 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 oh God. That never mind. Take it back. That's just <laughs> as bad. that's just as fucking bad. Oh God. Yeah, you 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 fail to account for the animeness of it, Nico. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even Wolverine know looks... character. Why does he have one on one fucking knee? Like, there's just one knee pad that he's got an X. Because, because, that's, because that's anime. I'm, I'm guessing, Nico, that's anime's answer to shoulder pads. Oh, and, God. like, pouches. Yeah. yeah so and, they give him, like, roller skate X's. And from the looks of it, Wolverine also has laser claws. Yes. Which was a th- which was That's actually happened. a thing that mainstream Marvel was also yeah. doing because <laughs> that, was, uh, that has well, happened <laughs> in in the universe in the in the future universe that um uh the original daughter of Peter Parker Mayday was from uh Wolverine had a daughter too who had laser claws yeah so this was just a nineties thing because claws aren't badass enough and it had to be lasers yeah hey got a lot of claws but it'll be cool if they were fucking lasers. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of the designs of the X-Men are equally absurd because there's just so much dumb shit where I feel like if I just keep talking, I'm just going to mention dumb shit. Like yeah, that's let's, let's all there on. is. <laughs> we only have so much like, time. Nico, do you get a sense of... Oh, okay. The other main important thing that's important to mention is that Spider-Man is the descendant of a clan of Spider-Ninja, and his ultimate villain 
is the Venom Shogun. <laughs> I'm actually also not offended by that place. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds like you know there's Spider Verse. Okay, I can I you know I, I can believe that maybe <laughs> Ninja Spiders. Okay, that is very manga-ish though for sure. That, or at least Venom looks like a genie. Uh, oh, does yeah, he? Oh, that's fine. Let's see that one. <laughs> Venom manga verse. Let's see that one. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he straight up does look honestly, like it. Honestly, among the X-Men, as dumb as it is, Storm's design is the is the least weird. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I mean, is the... Uh, is the... Batman. Uh, it's very Final Fantasy. Yeah. yeah, it looks like looks like a mage of some kind. Yeah, no, it looks cool. I like that. But yeah, fucking uh, it tracks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like some of it's more normal, but then there's the rest. And uh, let's see. I guess the only other thing that's worth mentioning with the Fantastic Four is that uh, Johnny Storm is now a chick. So. Oh, that's strange. <laughs> and that. Uh, Reed Richards has traded his more like intellectual male shtick with like more like aggressive nineties male shtick. It's like, God damn it, Susan, we are not doing enough science. Science. <laughs> yeah, this book is I got this for a dollar. It's six hundred pages long. And the whole time, I was just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> sure. I don't know why Marvel approved of this. Even in the late 90s, when they were in the... What the hell is this happening? I'm just looking up to see if he actually did any of this manga verse Because I know there was a bunch of it for Marvel did back in the day. Um, no, it doesn't look... I was trying to see if Adam Warren had stuff for them. No, no. Yeah, it yeah. looks like it looks like worse Adam Warren. No, no I like no, I like Adam I know, Warren. I, I I mean, but he's got I know that. the guy who did this. Yeah. This is not Adam Warren. This is from one of the guys who did like the American manga things in the late nineties. From some for uh, I think they were printed by Antarctic Press, the studio that the only thing who's worth doing is freaking Gold Digger. Okay. God damn fucking. Johnny Storm's Mongaverse equivalent is Jonathan Storm. Yeah. And she is the most anime fucking girl I think I've ever seen. Is that the pink haired one? It's the one with the twin tails. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Warren did something called Gen 13 bootleg. What the hell? Yeah. No, actually, Adam Adam Warren Warren did a lot of Gen 13, actually. So that's not all that surprising. Yeah. he did a lot of weird stuff. He did the actual anime manga type stuff also in the late mm-hmm. 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So he's done a lot of shit. I, yeah, I wish Adam Warren was on this. No, that's why this I, guy. I, I like, like his style. The, 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 if I recall yeah. this, who this art, this writer is, the greatest accomplishment of his career is uh, Ninja High School. Oh, I know that fucking book. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. I've seen it before anyways. I've never read it. I, okay. Huh. Good for you. 
Good for you. Yeah. You have? <laughs> I've read, again, okay. first volume was a dollar. I was like, well, fuck, I, I, I exist on this site to find weird shit. I might as well do my job. And then it's like, hey, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, Bertie, you hurt me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, Marvel Mangaverse is a weird novelty of the 90s. Alrighty then. So, does it put breeding? On to news. So, first up, uh, Gerard Way is going to be leaving DC for a short time to go back to Marvel for Spider-Geddon. What? Oh, God. The Another Spider-Man event? Yes. Is, is Dan Slot still working on this? Is, is there still someone named Dane Sloat? Uh, no, there is not actually yet. At least, at least on the two Edge of Spider-Geddon issues that have been teased so far. Have, have you, haven't you guys already realized, though, consistently shows up in Fantastic Four? Spider-Man. He's <laughs> still going to be fucking yeah. writing him. <laughs> yeah. So, Anyways. Uh, so, yeah, two issues have been uh, solicited and teased for the upcoming Edge of Spider-Geddon. Uh, <sighs> the next Why? fucking bit in the book, what, fucking whatever. Uh, so issue one is going to be about spider Because you defended Dan Slott, so now we have this. <laughs> yeah, so issue one is going to be centering around Spider-Punk. Uh, written by Jed McKay with art by Gerardo Sandoval. Which, eh, eh. I don't like his stuff. Nope. Yeah. And then issue two, uh, written by Zach Thomas, Lonnie Nadler, and Gerard Way with art by Jake Wyatt will be about Spooter. I'm out. The SP <laughs> slash slash DR. The Evangelion Spider-Man. Which I'm down for. I dug that book. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is fucking robot. Spider-Man. Yeah, fuck. I, I don't know. I am fucking burnt out on goddamn Spider-Man. I've actually caught up. They need on, to find uh, a way to make him interesting again after the god awful years of slot just not knowing what to do with him. <laughs> Good fucking luck, bro. Anyway, yeah. I- <laughs> speaking of Spiderman, uh, we got our. Through the solicitations, we got our first creative team to work on Miles Morales after Bendis has left. Huh. Yeah. So, Brian Edward Hill uh, will be writing with uh, Nelson Blake II and Mark Bagley on art for Spider-Man Annual Number 1. The first post-Bendis Spider-Man book. How long has Bendis worked on Miles Morales? I'm trying to remember. Uh, since Inception. So, like, over a decade at this point, if I remember correctly? years or something like that, I guess. Uh, Miles Morales is not 15 years. <laughs> no, because, like... It felt like it. <laughs> like, the Ultimate Universe started in, like, 2000, 2001, and it was Peter Parker for the first few years, but they killed him off a lot faster than I thought they oh, would. Oh, Miles! So it might, Sorry, it might be a decade. Uh, it it, it, it has been seven years. Point. 
Oh, okay. So not quite as long as I thought. Yeah, Ultimate, he, though, is like 15 years. I thought you meant like in general. Like, yeah. Ultimate. The Ultimate Universe oh, has been okay. around since like 2000, but uh, ult- but Miles Morales first appeared in Ultimate Fallout number four, which came out in August 2011. So yeah, uh, moving right along. Rob Liefeld has gotten in the joke. Yeah, I posted a picture earlier. <laughs> he has created a new character that will be appearing in issue 23 of Bloodstrike Brutalists uh, called The Pouch. He is a man made of pouches that has a gun made of pouches. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> and from what we can see, uh, we know that he has legs that could potentially lead to feet. We do not know if he has feet yet. <laughs> we will keep you informed. Moving right along. Uh, so, any presumed attention that was in that Hunt for the Wolverine series is gone because it has been announced that in September, after the Hunt for Wolverine, uh, Wolverine's getting his own solo series. Was that in question? <laughs> uh, nope, but this confirming it. it. This confirming it um, has, has essentially killed the tiny little nugget of doubt in my head that they might be doing something interesting. Mm. It's like, huh, maybe they'll actually like end things on a weird note so Wolverine won't just be, oh no, he's coming back, fuck. This, there was a tiny little fucking jumping bean in the back of my head. It's like, hey, maybe they might be doing something interesting, oh! But yeah. Honestly, dead man, I'm sorry. In the, in the midst of this, I was beginning to read the story about how a terrible rom-com in theaters right now is written by the Yellow Power Ranger. What was that? Book Club. Ah. Did it say he was writing the series? Uh, nope. Nothing about a creative oh. team, just that it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it was revealed in the solicitation for a Hunt for Wolverine spinoff. I hope it's not Charles Soule. I didn't like his death of Wolverine. Yeah. So, nah. Anyway. Moving on to our final piece of news. Um, it was announced uh, via a post on Facebook by Wade Von Grawbadger, um, an anchor who had worked on, uh, who worked with uh, artist Stuart Eminem for a while, that Eminem uh, was, quote unquote, retiring from comics. Yeah, I heard this. That really sucks. Now, when I say retiring, it is more along the lines of more, more along the lines of he will not be working on any projects in the foreseeable future uh, with no uh, with the, but it doesn't rule out the idea that Stuart would uh, return for smaller projects. Mm. Well, I mean, good for him. I fuck, I guess like it's not like he has to he has to work, I guess, at this point. He's not like slaving over a drawing table. I mean, you know, some of these artists have to do that, right? So yeah. Um, but uh, he's really good, so that's a shame that he's not going to be drawing as often. Yeah, that really sucks. He drew one of Birdie's favorite series, Next Wave. <laughs> yeah, it's a good series. Alrighty. Next Wave, Agents of Hate, Dirk Anger. And with that, that'll be the end of the show. <laughs> Thank God for joining us. We'll be back. At some point, more of this. 
Ugh, fuck, it's hot. Tell them I'm dead. I'm birdie. I don't think. I'm Nico. Oh, yeah, next time. Ah. I'm tired. Yeah.